0: Hello, and welcome to the final episode of my RHS Chelsea Flower Show preview, where I explore the gardens which showcase much more than just plants and flowers but carry important messages at this year's prestigious event. You're listening to Grow, Cook, Inspire, and I'm Helen Cross. to the podcast. Much has happened since the last episode, hence the radio silence for the last couple of weeks. But I am very excited to let you know that my debut book, Grow, Cook, Inspire, Growing and Cooking for a Healthier Mind and Planet is now out. A huge thank you to everyone who has bought a copy and for all the supportive messages and positive reviews. It has been hugely overwhelming but your positivity means so much to me. So a big, big thank you. Now the book and I will be going on the road very shortly, kicking off with my book launch on June the 1st. And I'll also be popping up at Schoon Palace Garden Fair on Saturday the 3rd of June where I'll be doing some family friendly workshops as well as some book signings. Plus there are a few more places over the summer that I'll also be popping up and I'll put all the details of these and everything else I cover in today's show on today's show notes. Now without further ado let's kick on with today's show. Next week, London will be transformed into a floral extravaganza. All eyes will be on the Chelsea Flower Show, one of the most hotly anticipated events of the year. However, it is no longer just a show about plants and flowers, and it's no longer a show just for the glitterati and the well-to-do. The RHS Chelsea Flower Show has, over the last couple of years, evolved, reaching out to a wider audience and becoming a platform to help raise awareness around important issues from climate change to mental health conditions. Conditions. Today I'll be bringing you the final chapter in my special mini-series which I've been doing over the last couple of months, where I've been exploring the gardens which have been supported by Project Giving Back, giving charities the opportunity to put their work on a pedestal at Chelsea. These are gardens which have a very important message that they want to get across to a whole new audience. So on today's show, I'll be chatting to Nicola and Susan, the talented duo behind Simple Beg, the garden and landscape design studio based in Scotland and Switzerland. They are designing a garden for the Teapot Trust, which is a charity based in Musselburgh on the east coast of Scotland, which provides art therapy for children and young people with chronic and often hidden illnesses. After the show, the garden will be relocated to the Children's Hospital in Glasgow, which will undeniably transform this space. But before we hear more about the garden, a few months ago, I caught up with Sarah Randall, the CEO of the Teapot Trust. Good morning,
1: Helen. Uh, I'm well, thank you. Thank you. How are you?
0: very well, well it's, lovely it's lovely to have you on the show um, I'm very excited to hear more about your journey towards Chelsea and um, it's also lovely to have a charity based in Scotland that will be featuring at Chelsea Flower Show this May so let's kick things off can you tell me a little bit about what it is that the Teapot Trust does
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Well, we we provide art therapy to children and young people who have um, chronic and physical conditions. And the reason art therapy is effective, where talking therapies aren't for them, is because um, they don't necessarily understand what's happening to their body and can't articulate it verbally. So art therapy really fleshes out the issues to then start building resilience and coping tools so that's essentially what what we do the, the, the bigger context is that about one in four children in the uk have a chronic condition which is often you know invisible so um we're, we're all about growing to meet that unmet need
0: so can you give me an example of the, of the sort of children that you're that you're supporting what what are these chronic conditions that that they that they have that they need additional support for
1: Well, our our roots are in rheumatology. So we work with a lot of children who've got juvenile arthritis, but really prevalent chronic conditions are things like asthma, cystic fibrosis, diabetes, epilepsy, sickle cell disease, kidney disease, those sorts of things. So it's usually a physical condition that really, you know, the condition takes its toll on their mental health. And there's a lot of anxiety and depression. And um, this is a gloomy statistic, but, you know, um, a very significant number of of children who take their own lives actually have a long-term health condition. So what we're doing is is really important in um, in, in in giving them the tools to cope with it.
0: And a lot of these conditions are also invisible as well which makes it extra hard yeah yeah i mean
1: that that carries its own its own Mm -hmm. stigma a lot of the children say that they feel misunderstood or even that people don't believe they're in pain because they look fine so you know that means that they're more likely to sort of retreat into themselves because they don't want to be constantly having having to explain so the, the the greater awareness there is about this then the easier it is for everybody
0: And the art therapy, that just gives them another tool to express themselves, I imagine.
1: Well, there's there's distinct kind of ways of doing it. We do a lot of one-to-one work with children, and that's typically where um, they've got trauma linked to, you know, Medics refer to procedural stress, so as a result of, you know, perhaps being restrained to have injections, a lot of invasive tests. So there's trauma there, but it's also helping them to adhere to maybe drugs that have unpleasant side effects and just cope with these so that they can get better. Other things that we do, we do small group uh, work for people who have the same condition in common. And we also do some open group drop in stuff in hospitals so that that really provides distraction and keeps people calm in between kind of regime of appointments.
0: And how did you become involved in the charity yourself?
1: Well, I was, I was at a stage of life where I was looking for a move and felt that I was ready for a chief exec position. And I was just quite, I just saw such a lot of potential in what Teapot Trust was, was doing because, you know, it was pioneering when it began. And I saw a, a lot of scope for growth in terms of, you know, people talk about creative health now. And I think we are genuinely a leader in that, in that sector. And I just thought a, saw a lot of scope to grow, you know, to grow this, to, to meet a lot of unmet need.
0: Absolutely, and the name teapot, the teapot trust. Where where did that come from?
1: Well, um, our founder had a, a little girl who, um, due to the medication she was on, she had to take in a lot of fluid, and so they made a, they made a bit of a um, a ritual of making you know proper tea in a in a teapot with cake as and, it should be, <laughs> and uh, and and then over time the teapot came to symbolise you know friendship and respite and. Um, you know all those values so when, when it came to choosing name I didn't, didn't really think beyond you know teapot was the obvious one.
0: Oh, and that idea of bringing people together that fits yeah. in really beautiful yeah. with, with gardening yeah. actually because well, yeah. sorry no 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 I just said we, we talk a lot about connecting together in gardens and, yes. and I think that is what this platform at Chelsea Flower Show is going to to provide you with
1: yeah absolutely absolutely just a huge opportunity to engage with new people and you know weave in the story of the charity uh, through the garden so that's that's a really key thing
0: so why did you decide to approach project giving back to about the idea or did project giving back approach yourselves how how did that come about
1: well, we, we knew, we knew um, Nicola and uh, Susan from Semple Beg, and they, they had uh, been mentioning Chelsea over a period of time, but there was no category that suited us, a charity of our size. And then last, last year. year, there was this new category, All About Plants, where the space has to be 80% planted, and it was ch- charities of our size were eligible. So it was actually beg who approached us and said, do we want to do it? And I think the timing was just right, because, you know, in all honesty, we wouldn't have been ready in years previously, but we just really saw it as an opportunity to, to springboard growth, you know, to have publicity on a national platform to raise awareness about health inequalities and you know meet a lot of unmet need that was really the rationale for it so it all just came together it all came together well.
0: And I guess that's what Project Giving Back has done over the last (laughs) couple of years is giving charities the opportunity to shine and provide them a platform because I guess it has to be asked why, why would you choose a garden to help raise the profile of a charity and not just go out and get extra funding from, from donors and for and other fundraising activity.
1: Mm -hmm. It's it's that national platform, really. And it's also, you know, there's a huge engagement opportunity. I mean, people who come to Chelsea are obviously primarily interested in the plants and picking up the planting schemes from all the the show gardens. But it's the opportunity you get to sort of weave in the story of the charity, uh, you know, through that. So, you know, it's huge in every way for donor acquisition, for telling our story, for reaching new audiences. So that that was really why.
0: And your work, because you've obviously had to work very closely with Simple and Beg to get to get oh. your message. How how has that relationship built up over time? Because this has been behind the scenes. This has been going on for, for quite a number of months. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Six it's, months later, you get a garden. It's,
1: it's probably 18 months in total now. I, 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 honestly, I love them to bits. They've been an absolute godsend. And we were advised when we went to Chelsea for the induction day, we were advised that, you know, this is hard graft. It's you know, particularly being there during the Chelsea week, it's full on. It's going to take its toll on you, and you know you need to pull together and be a team. And that applies yeah. nice to all the show, you know, all the all the gardens that have got funding, and that's just been how ha- ha- how it's been. So I'm just really grateful for them and all that they're bringing. You know, project managing this, liaising with the, you know, the landscape architects and the growers and and so on. Um, so that they've just been brilliant.
0: And was there a reason that you? the fact that you're a Scottish charity and they're obviously Scottish designers as well has that Mm -hmm. made much of a difference from sort of from a news angle to help sort of raise awareness further because you don't often get Scottish designers at Chelsea it is largely dominated by those south of the border.
1: Mm, mm. Well uh, I, I'm not really sure about that yet I think it will prove to be so but probably yeah. a lot of the publicity will f- for, for, for the Scottish angle will come when we relocate the garden to Glasgow because that's the permanent home it's going to Royal Hospital for Children in Glasgow and um, you know we're, we're the charity who is relocating yeah. their, their garden the first at the end so that that in itself is a story Um, and obviously there'll be um, you know a big opening in Glasgow we've been through quite quite an extensive um, piece of work with them doing patient consultations to understand how the garden can best be adapted there and there's been quite a you know a serious commitment from NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde in terms of investing in that garden so I think the whole kind of publicity around Scotland will will be a sort of next phase of the publicity
0: so let's talk about the relocation because with all the gardens that are supported by project giving back part of the remit if you like is that it has to have a lasting legacy mm. because more often than not in the past a lot of chelsea gardens were sort of ripped up thrown away and a lot of it ended up in landfill and obviously that is not sustainable mm. and the power of plants cannot be underestimated mm-hmm. it's huge and I think especially within a hair um, a healthcare setting
2: mm-hmm. I
0: often say if I had a magic wand I would have a garden in every school and every hospital up and down the country and I know the hospital that it's going to in in Glasgow and it is a bit of a it's a massive big spaceship sort of in a brown <laughs> development site and it is screaming screaming out for it for greenery and, and a garden mm-hmm. so what What will this look like and what will the benefit be and how will children, families and staff be able to to use this space?
1: Well, um it's not going to be we're not just going to you know uproot everything from Chelsea and, and put it in the ground in Glasgow as I say there's been there's been quite a consultation with with patients and and uh, families and staff at the hospital as well and um, it's quite a big space right outside the main entrance to the Children's Hospital and so the plants I mean we've got something like 1500 plants and that will cover you know be, be spread out over a much bigger footprint there but um, also it's really interesting because the some of the things that we thought would would need to change like for example there are grassy mounds there Um, that just look a bit uninspiring but actually the physios use them for stretch exercises with the children and the the consultation has has highlighted for us some things that need to remain like for example companion seating is really important for when people have had bad news and they need to process that and also things like ensuring that pathways are wheelchair friendly and pram friendly so we will keep the spirit of the original elsewhere garden which was intended to be you know um a place of escape to take children's minds elsewhere, that's why it's called the Elsewhere Garden, away from the burden of chronic illness. Um, So it will still retain that kind of magical escape theme because the original garden was inspired by Um, You know, the art movement, magic realism and children's films like, uh, you know, Wonka and Oz. um, So it has that sort of surreal fantasy escape theme. So elements of that will be kept. um, But there will be practical considerations that, you know, uh, the hospital and and the patients have told us that they they need to retain. So what we also really want to do is to have um, a pod, a fully insulated environmentally pod within the garden because space is at a premium in the hospital and we would like to leave um, you know, um, a, a lasting presence for art therapy in the garden itself. But it's not just about art therapy happening there. All patients will be welcome and staff, you know, people go and have picnic lunches there and so on. So it's supposed to be an inclusive space that will improve access to the hospital actually and help to overcome health inequalities that um, you know, there's so much need in Glasgow and its
0: surrounding areas oh brilliant thank you so much sarah that is that's absolutely
1: awesome
0: it's been a while since scotland had some sort of representation at chelsea but i reckon the teapot trusts elsewhere garden will help put scotland on the map next week so let's hear more from the duo behind the design of this inspiring garden Morning, morning Helen, great to be talking to you. Yes, great, Helen. Good morning. So Nicola, you are actually in Switzerland at the moment and uh, Susan, you are in Scotland. So let's kick things off to get a little bit more about both of you and Simple and Big and how you came about to work together. Nicola, do you want to kick things off and tell us a little bit how you began working with Susan? So Susan
3: and I were friends for a very long time. And then we finally came together as a, a team and founded Semple Beg about 10 years coming up for 10 years ago now. And when we did finally set up the business together, all our friends said, Oh, I can't believe it's taking me this long. <laughs> um, but um, and so we worked in Scotland together, based in East Lothian for a number of years, and then I moved to Switzerland. And so now how it works is that we've, we share the same name. We, we collaborate on bigger projects together, um, for example, Chelsea Flower Show and the Teapot Trust Garden. And then we each have our individual gardens uh, you know, and clients that we work on respectively in Scotland and Switzerland. And we are, in fact, a great advert for Zoom and Skype. Microsoft like Teams, <laughs> because we we use it all the time, and we speak as much as we ever did, and collaborate as much as we ever did.
0: And Susan, the projects that you're involved in with in Scotland, for example, last year you were both involved in the RHS Community Garden, and you have designed the the garden at Barshaw Park in Paisley, which yes. was a great um kudos for for you both and for for the business, and especially for Scottish designers as well yeah yeah it's
2: great it was a wonderful opportunity to be involved in that project Um, and with such a worthy worthy recipient you know the friends of barshaw park are a fantastic community gardening team and it was a real privilege to work with them and very you know the most important thing when designing any garden um whether it's a community garden or a domestic garden is to be able to hand the garden over to the people who will take it forward and um, and we knew that the Friends of Barsha Park have the capacity to make that community garden a huge success and a future resource for Paisley.
0: Oh, it's brilliant, I actually went to see it at the weekend uh, on Saturday, we went out for a drive and, and I can see that it is all coming together and um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it at the height of summer when it's not quite so wet in Glasgow. <laughs> 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 so. You obviously have a huge passion for producing gardens with a bit of heart and for good causes, which obviously leads me to very exciting news that you are both designing the garden for the Teapot Trust charity, and that'll be called the Teapot Trust Elsewhere Garden for this year's Chelsea Flower Show. Now, am I right in saying that this, Nicola, is your your debut at Chelsea? It certainly is. Um, Susan and I had always wanted to do a
3: garden at Chelsea Flower Show, and but we just didn't quite know how to make it happen. And um, I don't know how much background you'd like me to go
0: into. But... Go for it. I would love okay. to hear about <laughs> why. How did the relationship between you and the Teapot Trust come about together? Okay. So Lori Young
3: is a former. She's the founder of Teapot Trust, and she is a former client of Sample Beg. So we already had a long-established relationship, um, professional, and it then became a friendship with with Laurie Young, and so knew a lot about the charity and the good work they do, and we'd even, you know, touched on potentially doing a garden at Chelsea one day. so we didn't quite know how it would come about, and especially for a small to medium-sized charity, it's a big investment, you know, and their, you know, funds are always hard to find. And you want to maintain, you know, the first thing they need to do is maintain the services and increase the services they already offer rather than spending it on Chelsea necessarily, even though it does have many benefits. Um, but then Project Giving Back, which I think you you know them quite well already, um, they, you know, came into existence and just made it possible. And we applied for funding from Project Giving Back and were awarded it together and
0: made it all possible really oh amazing so Susan do you want to tell me a little bit about where the inspiration has come from for the actual design itself just to give listeners an idea as to what they can expect because from the illustrations it looks like you are moving through sort of a a willy wonker sort of experience it's very it looks fun and quite childlike as well
2: Oh, I'm really glad that's the impression it gives because that is exactly what we intended. Um, so the, the, the title of the garden, the elsewhere Garden, uh, um, gives you a clue. Um, we wanted to take, um, to demonstrate how art therapy takes the children who participate in it elsewhere, that it takes them somewhere where their imagination can blossom and where they escape into art and find new means of seeing and expressing themselves and um, how they can process their feelings and understand their treatment regimes and the wider impact of their condition on their daily life. And in terms of finding inspiration to create this wonderland that um, is a child's imagination, we looked to all our favourite sources, the sort of wonderful world of children's art and literature, to Wonka, to Oz, to uh, Wonderland, thinking of Edward Scissorhands, to um, just all those fantastic um, cultural and um, artistic um, illustrations that we'd seen and grown up with. And we wanted the garden to be um, very bright, very colourful, to um, um, explore Even the darker side, you know, the the wonderful, bright um, pops of imagination, but also to um, hint at the darker side of children's fears and how art therapy allows them to process those fears. So when people visit the garden, they'll not just see our wonderful, bright Dolly mixture stream, um, which is filled with candelabra primula. They'll see some um, more dramatic areas of the garden. Um, We have two... Um, extraordinary trees within the garden that are hinted at again in the illustration and two wonderful picea abbeys um, that have a very contorted animalistic form that almost look as though they might come to life when everyone leaves the problem marquee at the end of the day
0: oh brilliant now i know obviously the people who go to chelsea flower show are very predominantly keen Their their focus is on the plants. You can't really get away from that. But what I am really excited about and the work that Project Giving Back is allowing you to do is more to let charities and people tell their stories. Because I often think of gardening as a form of art. You've got a blank canvas and you are allowing to tell a story in a different way that will really capture people's imaginations and also reach out to an audience who perhaps wouldn't have heard of the Teapot Trust beforehand so how how much did you work with the people at the teapot trust when you came up with thinking about the design of the garden nicola if i ask you that so i
3: mean we're in contact and talking to the team at teapot trust just daily several times maybe not talking but emailing um and talking regularly very regularly so it's like it's it's been a constant evolution um we're always in touch and sounding ideas off each other in terms of the actual garden itself um we well we obviously spoke to the team at the charity we also Susan and I also we're lucky enough to participate in an art therapy session which was just fantastic with some of the children who who benefit from teapot trust art therapy services um and that was a, a massive inspiration for us just hearing what they would um have in their garden of the imagination which was you know they came up with some wild crazy ideas like you know a step ladder up to a, a kind of um, a, a bed in the sky with you know <laughs> a fridge that constantly was stacked with drinks and things and snacks <laughs> and then lower down but in, interestingly every single um, garden they suggested had a, a water feature or included some water so we made sure to um, include that we had some water in the garden um, but then in terms of the actual layout of the garden and the ideas for it I mean, the teapot trust have also given Susan and I a lot of freedom, um, to yeah, to come up with the ideas and and then they've been put into something even better, I'd say. Um, so yes, that's how it worked.
0: And Susan, obviously, the the key thing now for the RHS and for a flower shows such as Chelsea is for the garden to have a life after the show because that is vital and and I think that fits in with your ethos as well because a lot your designs are very much focused around the environment and sustainability so tell me how how will this garden live on and flourish post chelsea flower show
2: oh we couldn't be more delighted Um, uh, the garden will be relocated at um, the children's hospital in Glasgow, The team there have been outstanding in their support for the project from the very beginning. Um, The the site is actually much, it's much larger than the garden at Chelsea. I think when people think of relocating a garden, um, they imagine it will be a replication of the garden at Chelsea. But what we in actual fact are taking to Glasgow is a load of plants. (laughs) (laughs) thousands of plants um, which we can use across a much larger area and it is the site is right outside um, the children's hospital and um, it will provide a much needed um, space for visitors to the garden to um, find a little bit of calm and um, if you know you can get hear very bad news in a hospital and um we really want to make sure that there's little space little private space for people within the garden and that there are open spaces where children can run around where they can perhaps if you you know one of the things that was a real revelation to me when we um, did some consultation um with um the hospital was that long-term patients within the hospital children miss their family pets Mm. so quite a number of families will bring their pets, dogs primarily, um, into the hospital garden and children can go out and visit with their family pets in the garden. So we want it to be a really beautiful, joyful place for them and it is a a, a decent space at the moment but it will be even more magical when the planting is recited there and the long-term aspiration is to create um, a space there that we can deliver art therapy within the garden.
0: Amazing! So you're going to have art therapy, there's going to be garden therapy and pet therapy all in one <laughs> space. <laughs> yes, that's the Holy Trinity. <laughs> that's amazing. There you go. You're saving the NHS. That's great. I think there's a lot to be said about that. But Nicola, who will be, who will help maintain the garden? Because obviously a garden of, of such a big scale, because I know that area of land, it reminds me of Teletubby land, land at the moment. Um, who, who will help to maintain maintain that space? So we're. this was one of our first considerations
3: because in when we design any garden, um maintenance is the is you you talk about maintenance right at the very very beginning otherwise there's no point in creating a garden. Yes. And we're really really fortunate that the hospital um has undertaken to maintain the garden going forward. The facilities management team and Tom Steele who's Mr. Top Dog I forget his title Susan <laughs> it's for quite a long time title but he's very been very supportive and um, yeah,
0: he's, he undertook right from the beginning and understands the importance of maintaining the garden. Well, it's going to be a huge asset to the hospital and not only for families and patients, but also for the staff involved as well, because I think that that space outside of such a clinical environment is crucial um, for their health and well-being as well. Um, what have been, what have been the, the main challenges doing a garden for Chelsea that you you hadn't really anticipated? Nicola. So
3: to be honest I would say there haven't been that many surprises because Project Giving Back for starters have been just incredibly supportive and helpful and in, are in, um, in our, our, continue to be so really that has prepared us very well um, for what was to come I, we've also been very fortunate. I don't know if, you know, Chris Marchant, she's been providing us with mentoring for our planting as, and also all the other um, garden designers in our all about plants category. That's been really invaluable. Um, I I don't think there's, I wouldn't say there's anything that's been too difficult. Juggling client-based work and and the Chelsea work
0: has been <laughs> our greatest challenge mm. <laughs> totally i know and i guess and that's the thing about gardening generally is that you're always learning so you could look at it rather than a challenge just as an opportunity to learn constantly daily i suspect mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um, i think that's vital
2: looking at it as an opportunity to learn and within you know obviously designing a show garden is quite different from designing um a garden for a client um and you are free to and um, let your imagination run wild and to be a lot more experimental than you would be in a client's garden. Um, it, the, the elsewhere garden is entirely different from our client work
0: <laughs> and that is an absolute joy. Mm-hmm. Oh no and I think it will bring so much joy as well. So Nicola and Susan thank you so much for your time today and I wish you lots of luck as you gear up for Chelsea Twenty. 20- that is all we have time for today. A huge thank you for tuning in and listening and a very special thank you to Nicola, Susan and Sarah. You can find out more about everything we've talked about today in the show notes. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you use to listen to your podcasts and leave a review. And for bonus points, please share with a friend. It makes a huge difference. Until next time, keep growing and cooking.